This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at the Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Christopher Paidman, Security Compliance Officer at Southwest Washington Medical Center in Vancouver, Washington. Thank you for joining us today, Christopher. My pleasure. Please tell us a little bit about your hospital's size and mission and the area it serves. Southwest Washington Medical Center, despite its name, is in the northwest of the U.S. We are a 400-plus bed regional um, hospital center with specialties in cancer care um, and a number of other specialties that we've received uh, recognition for. We've been a six-time recipient of the Seleucent um, Top 100 Hospitals Award. That puts us in the top 1% of our size, and we've been around over 150 years. And how long have you been in your current role of security compliance officer? I've had the pleasure of working at Southwest for 10 years. I was originally brought in as a consultant to redesign the perimeter and the firewall, and one thing led to another, and I've been happy here ever since. So, so you've had the current title how long? I've been the security officer since I got here 10 years ago. Okay, thank you. So are you the equivalent of a chief information security officer then? Yes, I'd say the role is the same as a CISO. I serve on several committees to promote and oversee all things IT security and compliance. And while I'm a a single-person security office, I do have a broad um, information security support team, um, but they all have other primary duties. And I have on-demand technical network systems, application support, Um, I get great support from my CIO and the executive team, and we've got two key councils. One's the Information Security Council, where I'm a co-chair, and it's very active. And our Continuous Regulatory Compliance Committee, which addresses, of course, all of the regulations um, that apply to healthcare. And so we, we've got quite a, a focus upon security and compliance here. Well, it sure sounds like it, given that you've been in the role 10 years. That's pretty early in the game for a hospital to have a full-time security person. So you must have been one of the first in that role. Uh, well, certainly here. Uh, we've had security roles before, but it was evident with the introduction of HIPAA and um, state regulations and the requirements for policies and procedures that we have someone um, take a higher posture, as well as for the community. The community has been begging for and looking to Southwest for leadership and information and expertise in all things compliance and HIPAA. Um, Very few of the providers out there, the small clinics and one or two doctor physician offices, can afford a compliance officer or a security officer. So they look to us to set the standard and provide them support. So who do you report to, and has that reporting relationship changed in the last 10 years at all? I report directly to the CIO, and I have been since the beginning. Uh, Some organizations want their CISO or their CSO to report to the chief executive officer or even to the board of directors, but here at Southwest there's been no need for that. We've had no reporting or process concerns, and I have considerable independence, and yet there is still oversight. As I mentioned, those two committees, there's considerable oversight and policies and procedures that guide what I do and the oversight of when, where, how I do it. So I don't act in the dark, and appropriate 
parties are notified every time I do something, so there's no question ever about propriety for my auditing and review processes. So how has your role evolved over time, and how do you expect it to evolve in the months and years ahead, especially with all the focus on high-tech act compliance? Well, it's always included the HIPAA and state regulatory, um, and for our accreditation here at Southwest, that includes the Joint Commission, used to be called JCO. That's always been included, but my role has matured to include policy development, um, of course, the HIPAA high-tech advice for our community of partners and providers, and most recently, a larger role in IT service management, our use of COBIT and ITIL to hardwire best practices and quality improvement into our services. In that regard, it's expanded to um, integrating security, awareness, and privacy throughout all service areas of IT. A recent uh, HIMSS survey of hospitals determined that only about half of hospitals have a full-time chief information security officer, so you're still somewhat of a rare breed. Do you think all hospitals need someone in this full-time role? Uh, hospitals, certainly. Yes, I do. I can't speak to whether a given healthcare organization needs a full-time CISO, but the role needs to be fulfilled. You know, spreading the responsibility of the role across several positions invites problems, especially for accountability. And as well, not having the critical responsibilities of the CISO addressed invites problems to take root and manifest in those gaps, in those unmanaged areas, and that's a risk no healthcare organization should accept. That HIMSS survey also showed most hospitals spend less than 3% of their total IT budget on data security. Do you have an estimate of how much your organization spends on security? I would estimate that we're near the 3% number, but I don't know whether that measurement is fair because IT budgets have huge sums devoted to the core business needs, new systems applications, maintenance. Operating costs are huge for IT, and, of course, staffing is always an issue. But I would say... Security costs will always be a small percentage in comparison to those costs, so they should instead, in my opinion, be measured against an organization's risk acceptance standard, which is directly related to IT security. So an annual risk assessment will tell both the CISO and the executives exactly what the cost benefits are for a given organization's vulnerabilities and the budget should be directed towards that, addressing the real risk acceptance. So what are some of your top priority data security projects for the year ahead? What are you working on? Uh, so many. Uh, the top three, uh, first, strengthen our data loss prevention capabilities, DLP. And we're going to automate our high-tech access controls and alert and reporting um, to address that. Uh, second, we're going to align better, more closely, our IT goals with our organizational goals and hardwiring excellence. Here at Southwest, our vision is exceptional medicine, extraordinary care, every person. Well, my role is to expand our IT service management program, like I mentioned, using COBIT and ITIL and lean techniques to support that vision. And third, 
develop, and one of my favorite projects, is to develop a centralized knowledge management resource. Because I believe for sure that we are leaving the information age and we've begun to enter the knowledge age where information, and there's lots of it, is not valuable unless it can be quickly accessed, put to use, and produces some good. Those are my goals. What are the data security implications of knowledge management resource? Huge, because you can have all the technologies and um, solutions in place, but if your workforce is not aware, awake, attentive, mindful of the policies, procedures, appropriate protocols, all those security controls and, and functions and tools can be undermined, circumvented, uh, ignored. So the knowledge management is everyone is trained, everyone has access to the right information, the right processes and procedures, and thereby they can follow them. A policy does no good if it sits on a in, in a folder or on an intranet and no one reads it. it. That's where that hard wiring comes in. It's got to be part of everyone's everyday practice and that's the, the bigger umbrella, the meta layer is knowledge management. About 55% of those surveyed by him said that they conduct a risk analysis on an annual basis or more often. Do you conduct one annually and can you give us a flavor of what the analysis covers? Uh, yes, we do an annual assessment. I would say IT security has become with SOX and GLIBA and the PCI regulations, it's becoming more um, central because without the IT security controls, most of the rest of one's audit compliance posture will fall down. Now, Southwest does conduct internal IT security and compliance audits every year, and about every three years, we contract out with an external full-spectrum assessment to make sure we're not deceiving ourselves and give us that real-world reflection. Only half of the hospitals in the survey said their organization has a plan in place now for responding to threats or incidents of a security breach. Do you have such a plan in place? Yes, we do. We have not only a plan, we have about 50 IT security policies to address most aspects of information protection. And several of those policies, of course, they all have procedures to go with them, specifically address incident management, incident response, auditing, securing of confidential information. And we even have a policy that's titled the IT Security Plan, which establishes the governance and scope of our entire IT security program. So I think we've addressed most of what we need, all of what's required, and some extra to keep us going in the right direction. Along those lines, besides crafting a breach reporting plan, what other steps is your hospital taking to prepare to comply with the new HITECH Act data breach notification rule? For example, um, have you been working with your business associates who now must comply with the rule? We've always been working with our business associates. Uh, Southwest deploys an array of security-centric auditing solutions um, to maintain not only the logs of access but situational awareness so that we know what's going on across our network and with our information. And these tools um, monitor several layers of activity 
um, from the data packet layer up through application into the meta or compliance layers. So we've been reviewing and revising our policies and procedures, adding a few new ones, um, aggressively working with our partners you know, so that we maintain a common standard because we're sharing information. We need to have common security and control standards. But our business associate agreement, the contract between us and our peers and partners to maintain confidentiality and compliance with HIPAA and HITECH, that's not really required hardly any modification because it was well written to begin with. But now we just stress the pieces that HITECH ask us asks us to um, add in, and that's just a couple of lines. Under the breach notification rule, organizations that encrypt patient data don't have to report breaches because the data is assumed to be unreadable. Please describe how your organization is using encryption so far and, and what's on the horizon. So far, we've been using encryption extensively. All of our laptops that contain PHI are fully disencrypted. And in the future, all of our laptops, all of our multiple media will. Um, where we allow USB drives, you know, the thumb drives, not many are allowed. They, too, must be encrypted. That goes for smartphones, too. All of our electronic transmission is also encrypted. SFTP, VPN tunnels, secure email, all of it's encrypted. In fact, anything that's mobile, it has to be encrypted. Uh, we don't want to be the poster. Um, child on the front of the newspaper that says lost a truck full of tapes or an unencrypted laptop. So we, we go a long way towards encrypting all of our data. We're not there at the um, information at rest in our databases inside our network, and we are exploring that. The costs and the performance, the costs are coming down and the performance going is going up for the hardware encryption on um, disks, but we're, we're exploring that as the next layer of adding encryption. Finally, is your hospital uh, planning to participate in the Medicare and Medicaid incentive payment program for electronic health records? And if so, how will that participation affect your data security strategy, if at all? Uh, yes, we will participate, most definitely. Um, we have an initiative underway to see how we can leverage our compliance efforts with the incentives that are out there. Um, we've mapped the meaningful use matrix to our IT security, IT department goals, IT strategy. We've mapped it all out, planned out a three to five year roadmap for how we can meet meaningful use criteria to take advantage of some of those incentives. But I don't know that it's going to impact our security posture. I'm hoping that the maturity of our security program is such that um, we're already at the, the vanguard, the front end of what we need to do. Um, so I don't think it's going to impact our security strategy, um, at least certainly not in the next several years. You know, We are working with local and regional healthcare consortiums, our peers, to collaborate on a health information exchange. You'll hear more about that, HIE, across our service area. And you know, confidentiality, integrity, availability, uh, all those things will be core tenets of all of those relationships, all information sharing. And we sure do hope to capture some of those incentives from the government. 
Thanks very much, Christopher. We've been talking with Christopher Padron of Southwest Washington Medical Center. This is Howard Anderson of the Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.